Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So today we are going to talk about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Mark Twain. If you miss the news, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and other books by the same author, they're being edited. They've been edited to use more inclusive language throughout the book. This has prompted a lot of discussion, a lot of questions. Uh, one in particular said, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say they're just making it more inclusive for children. But how would you feel if they did this to something like Mark Twain? Okay. Hold in my hand an older copy of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. If I was just to open this up and start reading at the beginning, how many pages would I get through before I said something that YouTube might decide this channel didn't need to be here anymore for? About three and a half. Second chapter, first paragraph. It's um, so where it first talks about Jim. Jim was not just called Jim. If you were to take this book and hand it to a student today, middle school, and you asked them what they thought of Twain after they read it, they would probably say he's a racist. Or they might say, well, that's just the way people were way back then, you know, and that explains his comments. And sure, for some of what Twain has said throughout his life, that would apply. But when gauged by his contemporaries, Twain wasn't a racist. Not really. Um, and that context isn't going to be taught because we don't want to teach anything critically about race, you know. So it gets lost. Twain is not accurately depicted by what's written in this book because this book was satire. This book, if he had a patch on his hat, it would be upside down when he was writing it. Twain was a person who hung out with Booker T. Washington, raised funds for black schools in the South. He, he advocated and, and talked about the concept of reparations. I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something to the effect of the idea that black people had had their manhood ground out of them and that it was our shame and that we had to pay for it. And then he put his money where his mouth was. When a black student got accepted to Yale Law, he provided financial assistance. When a black painter needed money, I think for traveling, I don't remember exactly. He paid for it. He was somebody who referred to race as a fiction, a custom. It wasn't real. Today, we would say it was a social construct, right? In fact, one of the passages that often gets cited to show how racist Twain was it is meant to show the exact opposite. There's a part in this book where Huck's dad is just super angry, very mad, because a black man's going to be allowed to vote. 
And he talks about how, well, that's just going to be the end of it. We're all going to be. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Living in decay. The joke, the point that's being made is that, to, to put it nicely, Huck's dad, he's already at the bottom of the socioeconomic ladder. He's already living in decay. But because he had somebody to look down on, based on a fictional custom, well, it made him feel better about his own station. Kept him looking down, kicking down, rather than looking up at the people who engineered a system that kept him in that spot. The book's often misunderstood. Now, could you edit this book and have it carry the same punch for younger readers? Yeah. You could go through and switch out one word for slave as an example. So it's slave Jim. You could switch out another word for Indian. And then you could just explain what I just did. It didn't take long. And younger readers might be more inclined to uh, dive into it. Um, Now, how would I feel about it? Well, when it happened in 2011, uh, I didn't really feel anything about it. It seemed like a way to make this work more accessible to, to a lot of people. Outside of those who really follow literary news, it didn't really it didn't really cause waves because the culture war wasn't in full effect and people weren't treating every decision made by a large company or a state as some form of massive oppression. It, it did happen. They did back in 2011. Um, and there were you can find articles about it where you can find people in the literary community talking about how it was horrible, but it wasn't framed as some woke nonsense. People understood what was happening. Their complaint was that you should just teach it the way it is and provide the context, which is fine for older readers, but for younger readers, I don't know. I, I didn't really have an issue with it. Um, and I'm somebody who has like literally everything Dwayne ever wrote on my shelves. Um, now, when it comes to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, it's a children's book. They're making it more inclusive. They're taking out language that makes fun of people. That's that's what they're doing. It's not censorship. It's not woke nonsense either. It's capitalism. The estate and the publisher decided to do this. Why? Because people don't want to buy a book that makes fun of their kid. They're making it more inclusive to widen their audience. That's it. Um, Like most times when people say, oh, this is 
woke censorship or whatever. No, no, it's just capitalism. It's just it's just the free market. It's capitalism. You know that thing you say you love. It, it's not, you know, the left doing it. It's in pursuit of profit. Um, I don't really have a problem with it. And make no mistake about it, you can still find original versions of Mark Twain today. Um, and I'm sure that will be the case when it comes to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. If you really want the uh, character to be called enormously fat instead of enormous, I'm sure you can find it. Um, this is one of those things where a lot of people may be trying to manufacture a feeling of oppression. It's it's just capitalism. It's just capitalism. And capitalism does have a, a habit of making art less impactful. Because art that is impactful, well, it's harder to consume. And if it's harder to consume, it generates less profits. It's really, it's really that simple. Um, it would be great if we had an education system that would teach context, that would provide the education necessary to understand satire. But generally speaking, we don't. Anyway, it's just a thought. Y'all have a good day.